Put your happiness before anything else. Putting your happiness before anything else is the only way to truly know that you are making the best decisions. It just has to make sense for your journey. Don't hold yourself back because of other people's thoughts and, and beliefs and, and situations. Like, do what makes you feel alive, what makes you feel blessed, what makes you feel happy, and you're always moving the right way. What is going on, y'all? Welcome to the Redefine Your Roots podcast. My mission for this series is all about understanding where we come from. What is the source of who we are today? How can we challenge our perspectives of what we know to show up as our highest version of ourselves? Every episode, you'll hear an impactful story or perspective to help create a new narrative of our own. I'm your host, a queer black woman, entrepreneur, coach, mental health advocate, creative, and most importantly, a real person, just trying to figure out the ways of the world. My name is Nicole Raglan, and this is Redefine Your Roots. What is going on, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Redefining Roots. I want to thank you guys so much for tapping into today's episode. Remember, if you are new here, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and let's grow together, y'all. So today we have a super dope guest. I'm so excited for you guys to embrace his words. I feel like the first time I met him, I was like, who are you? Like, I love, <laughs> what are you saying right now? Just spinning gems, just on some calm, calm calm tip. So I'm so excited for you guys to tap into this conversation. He's worked with so many different big brands, so many different creative companies, and it's just thriving within the creative and entrepreneurial industry. So with that being said, I would love to introduce Will D. How you feeling today, man? I feel great. I feel great. This is dope. I appreciate you having me on your podcast and um, I'm excited to share see what these conversation topics is on. Hopefully, you know, I can answer everything with yeah, ease. With ease and grace. <laughs> no, absolutely. I think you will. I think, when I, like I said, when I first met you at that Exposure Heights event, I was like, yo, like, I feel like you should speak more. I feel like it was the first thing I said to you. Like, you should speak more. <laughs> it was more. one of the first things you said, yeah. Because you were just calmly just spitting gems, like. But yeah, so I just want to thank, thank you again for having me on to this podcast, and I'm so excited for you know the audience to hear more about you. Um, so that being said, tell me a little bit about who you are and how you identify with the world. Well, just to reiterate, my name is Wilde Civil. Um, who I am? I am a creative. You know, I'm an artist, and it's it's through my talent that I express how I feel to the world. You know, not in a cheesy way, but in an authentic way, like. Me creating is generally part of who I am, and I feel like it's it's guided me emotionally through life to be able to be more expressive, um, you know, inwardly and outwardly. So, yeah, that's that's what I feel that I am. Ooh, I love that. So, what do you do that has allowed you to identify as a creative? Well, I am first and form first and foremost a photographer. I do video. I do like event recaps, Instagram stories, um, you know, marketing, social media management, and creative consultation, all that kind of stuff. So like every aspect of my career is is creative. You know, it's putting something together from nothing or reshaping what's already there. Um, so that's like how I can generally just describe myself as a creative because I know that everything that I touch is something that I love to 
shape and manipulate. Ooh. I feel like shaping and manipulating is like one of the things about creativity that I feel like I had to um I guess embrace a little bit more because I feel like when you kind of go into the creative industry it's like yes you do this one thing but it's hard to try to be your own kind of creative because you see what's working already Mm -hmm. so what do you feel like what do you feel like some things that you had to like overcome as a creative to get that kind of this is the idea of how I want everyone else to see me and be confident in it really I was gonna say confidence is probably the biggest piece um that you have to kind of overcome and that you have to allow yourself to fall into. Because without the confidence, you can, you can do anything. I think having confidence was a big thing for me. And I think it's just a big thing for artists in general, because no matter what the idea is, you're not going to be fully accepting of it um, unless you're confident about, you know, what you put together. And so, you know, as you build that confidence, it inspires you to try different things, um, like having to overcome styling uh limitations like okay i can only work with the clothes that a model has mm-hmm. i'm not gonna buy a set of clothes like, i don't have the budget i don't have the the know-how so overcoming like shortcomings in that regard like not being able to style people only being able to go to certain locations you know right. i want to shoot this kind of shoot but they did it in new york right i live in atlanta what can i do here you know so overcoming those those individual um roadblocks for for my particular career for some things that I had to overcome before I could like truly start to be creative. Mm-hmm. And as you unlock more, more funds and more people who have bigger closets and you know, all that kind of stuff, you, you start to expand as a creative, you know, not because the things themselves are important, but it just broadens your scope mm-hmm. of what it is um, you're able to create. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. What would you say to people that are like looking to get into the creative industry and kind of like overcoming that, Kind of like, I don't have enough. I don't have these high quality cameras to, I guess, execute the way that they want to. Because I'm just thinking about me right now. I'm like looking to tap more into videography and photography, but mm. I feel like I'm limiting myself by feeling like I can't use the equipment that I have now. So how do you feel like you kind of, what are some things that I guess you could say to people that are looking to overcome that? I would say something I, I often say is, you know, use the gear you can afford, you know, like that, that is a start to making the content, mm-hmm. you know, because any way you can get it out and complete something is, is an accomplishment, you know, like for your, for your podcast, like if you only had a VHS camera and an old computer, but you can get the sound, you can get the video, you can get it going, you can work it out, you know, so not having all the best stuff in the beginning is really a part of the process of humbling you to understand why it is that you need more than what you have you know until you know that you just you just want the best stuff because that's what you see people making what they're making but no matter if you have that or not you're not going to have the um the exact um outcome that they did right you know even with the best stuff yeah it's not until you get to that point you can really understand like okay wow this is why I need this because I, I need for this particular effect or whatever yeah. it is yeah mm-hmm. and what do they say it's not the it's not the camera, it's the shooting. Yeah. Like that's what that's really what it, yeah, is. it is. It is. So that that's such like an interesting topic because I think the how ego gets tied into just like being a creative in general mm-hmm. and how that plays a part in some of the things that you want and you need. Have you like noticed certain times where you kind of had to check yourself because of your ego and maintaining these different things that you want and need? 
I try to exercise a fair amount of humility in, in almost all the things that I do. I do pride myself in being good at stuff, but I, I try to keep myself humble just because I know I'm not the best. You know, you can you can feel like the best and there's nothing wrong with that. But like knowing that there's always someone else who is working while you sleep, you know, who has been doing it a year or two longer or is just as good in half the time. Yeah. You know, so like. The humble pie is always on my table, you know, making sure that I, I push myself to to just be in the best version of myself that I could be. Right. Humble pie. What do you say? Humble pie. Humble pie. <laughs> That's some real stuff. I feel like as I'm like exploring more into my creativity as well, one of the things that I feel like I'm trying to work through is, I guess, like focusing on one thing. Um, initially, you were kind of talking about how you do all these different things as a creative, but you first acknowledge yourself as a photographer. But like, I feel like as a creative, you also are like, I want to try this. I want to try that. Mm -hmm. So do you feel like people should focus more on like one thing over the other until they get to a certain point? Or do you feel like people can build on multiple things at once to grow and expand? You can certainly build on multiple things at once. It kind of just depends on what you want to do. Um, because like, like I said, I, I do pride myself on being good at a handful of things, but not all those things are necessary in one particular lane. You know, like it would be helpful if me knowing how to cook could allow me to make suggestions on a food photography shoot or something like that, but it's not a necessary skill. Mm. So like putting your photography, your fresh photography, with your food photography, with your dancing videos and all that on your one Instagram can look chaotic unless they're all in a happy marriage together. So in this current market, I feel like it's more beneficial to be uh, focused on one particular skill because people love to see someone with a level of mastery to that, you know, like, this is the photography guy. I come to him for photography, you know. Okay, he dances every once in a while. That's cool. Mm -hmm. But, like, I ain't come here for that, you yeah. know. Some people it works, but I think in a general sense, it's way more powerful um, for you to just have one particular thing. Like you on TikTok and you always make the pancakes with the pictures in them. That's all the people want to see. Yeah. You know, but that's, it helps you grow in that one particular area. So yeah. you, you can focus better. How do you choose like, what is that thing that makes you like, all right, photography is it, even though you're really passionate about, about multiple things? Do you ever feel like limited by choosing? Um, I think, yeah, there's always a time where you feel limited by something that you do all the time because you want to do other things. Um, but it varies based on, like, how passionate you are about what it is that you're good at. You, know, you could be good at a lot of stuff and just be like, mm, I just do that sometimes. You know, like people who just play, the, they can play the piano, but they never do. Like, I played it as a kid, but I'm good now. So, depending on how passionate you are will determine, like, how much of a, uh, you know. A task it will yeah, be like. Yeah, like a burden or a task it'll be to continue doing it all the time. I really enjoy photography, you know, even, like, on vacation. I'm making content and yeah. stuff like that. And it's not like, I'm not working for anybody. It's just me. You know, that's how, like, I like to present my life um, through that through that lens. So, it's, it's going to be a different experience for me versus someone who feels like content is, is a task. Ooh. <laughs> These are words. You're spitting right there. You're spitting. As you're saying that and like being passionate about one thing, just talking a little bit about what your process was like moving into experiencing your passion full time. Because, you know, as I was asking earlier, I'm like, do you work like a nine to five or are you just kind of doing this full time? And you're like, I do this full time. I've been doing this full time for like five years now. So, like, what was that process like for you to get to corporate, to being a creative? time um well money is usually the, the main motivator to not be chasing down your passion because 
passion doesn't pay, uh, at least not up front in most cases. So it does take a while before you can kind of break off and go full, full-time creative. And even then, being full-time creative could be lucrative for you emotionally and passionately, but um, it may not be working out for you financially. Yeah. Like, oh, I really want to be a pediatric uh, doctor, but you'd be making 2.5 times that salary if you were a surgeon. Mm-hmm. And you have the skills for both. You know, so it's like you you can chase your passion and it might not be giving you that money. So you still got to bounce back and forth between corporate and, and creative. I know a couple high level creatives that have jobs still mm. because they understand that the lifestyle they want to live may not always be able to be facilitated strictly from the content, you know, or whatever your, your skill is. Um, so I think uh, it's not a bad thing to have both. I personally just move in a particular way that wasn't befitting for me to have a job past that point um but it really wasn't even my choice you know i got finessed in the in the workplace in a way i won't even go into the story but ended up they ended up you know taking my job from me Mm. i didn't get fired but i didn't have a job any longer because of what happened um and so i was pushed into that you know i'd always been back and forth in and out um from, from having a job to being creative again. But once they kind of pushed me to it, um, I was like, all right, you know, I'm out here. Yeah. And things just started happen, happening. You know, I, I started to, you know, be more proactive in how I was, you know, doing stuff, making content, all that kind of stuff. And I ended up going to um, Japan that same year. And so that was like kind of like a proven point for myself. Like, all right, you can do all the things, you know, you want to do if you really just put 10 toes in it and, and just see. And just see, ooh, you're yelling at me right now. <laughs> you're yelling at me right there. Um, I think that's so interesting, though, because I feel like you're saying when, you know, you were in the job, took it from you, and then it forced you to hold your own self down. But I think that's kind of like the confliction I think people feel while they're you're in the, they're in this role. It's like, yes, it's stable money, but then it's also you could take this from me whenever you want to. Mm-hmm. So it's like either trying to give your all to build that or like give half to build them and yourself. So like, how do you feel like people can build both? Because mm. I mm. feel like you can't give your energy to both fully. Yeah, it's, it's tough to be able to put both of yourselves in each of those worlds or your full self into both of those worlds. Um, but I think, you know, if there was a way to do it, it'd probably just be finding a complementary career to your personal um endeavors um because otherwise you're clocking out of one mind and into another and that's not really healthy long term mm-hmm. it's not uh, conducive to creativity i would say in my experience so um find a career that's complementary like my degree is in marketing so, oh wow yeah so, I, my, so that worked that yeah, worked out for you it did it did work out and i planned it that way from the beginning because i had already known that i wanted to continue being a photographer now how far that would take me financially i wasn't sure but if i was going to continue doing it even as a intermediate um, level um an entrepreneur then i wanted to have something that i could not have to clock all the way out from mm-hmm. um when i was transitioning so yeah. okay i was just taking photos i was working on a brand campaign with with xyz and now i'm going to work on a marketing campaign for my employer mm-hmm. and stuff like that yeah. so it's like it's a 
clear bridge from one to the other that I can stay on the same page and then take actual rest when I need to after not switching back and forth. Right, right, right. I'll use myself as an example. Like for me, I think because this is something that I just started doing or not just started doing, it just started acknowledging myself as, as a creative. Mm. It's like having that kind of like imposter syndrome of working with bigger companies or working mm. with people that are outside of your friend group or outside of your family to show that you can actually do these skills mm. for money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Proving proving that point, you know, to others and yourself is is like a journey. You know, getting to the point where you can like I said, feel confident about what it is you're doing. because um, you can you can have a, a confidence that's not built on facts. Ooh. You know, and not to say that some everyone's work isn't good, but like if it's if it's getting you more work, then obviously you're at a level where it makes sense. And I think that's a point where we all aspire to get if you do have someone who's on the side like is this really viable you know because you're not only convincing yourself like you said you're convincing like your parents or other people like this is where i want to go mm-hmm. you know i definitely had a moment like that my mom has always been like you can do the photo thing but you got to get that degree because mm. just in case you know so but once it got to a point where it's like photography is paying me more than my job it's it's like a green light like okay this is safe you yeah. know this is this is something that, you know, he's good at and you see the work improve. Yeah. You know. So do you feel like when it comes to your family, now that they see that you can actually live and thrive financially from your creativity, that it's now something that you can live confidently in? Like I know just like certain cultures, like even like Jamaican culture, I'm Jamaican, you're Haitian. So like even like I just feel like in certain Caribbean cultures it's like, you know, doing more stricter things like being a lawyer being a doctor being something that like even though you are creative and you're making the money it's also like can you um sustain that money so like do you feel like you can fully feel at peace in your creative being now that you can make this money or do you feel like you have to be able to sustain it in order for you to get your i guess like family's approval the family approvals is there um it used to be more of a conversation back in the day but as like more things started to happen for me in the work you know got better to a point where you know it was recognized and being well compensated for they were pretty much all on board you know my my mom is is definitely in my corner when it comes to photography and stuff she's always telling folks about you know my work and my my instagram stuff so she knows and she's happy for me and all that good stuff um and she knows that if i wanted to get a job i could so there's that piece as well in the mm-hmm. back end. I'm like, okay, he he can do other things should he need to. Mm-hmm. But she definitely believes in the dream, as I as I laid it out. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's important? Yes, I think it's important to have people who care about you support what you're doing because I mean, it doesn't always have to be your family. I know some people don't have good relationships with their family and and other situations, but people that you care about and that care about you. For them to support the dream is pretty pivotal in if you can accomplish it yourself, you know, mm-hmm. because without without them supporting you, which ultimately helps you reach the goals, there's no one to share the, the success with at the end, you know, and it might not be something that I think most people think about in this moment, but it's like, if there's no one to, to be alongside you as you, as you receive it, then when you get to the, to the end, to the top, you're not going to feel like you really got what you came for. Right. How do you, I guess, select that community? Like, if you don't per se have that, like, how do you feel like you can put yourself in, you know, 
spaces and places to even get that and maintain that because it is so essential to thrive in general. Mm-hmm. So what do you think you do to get that? Or do you feel like you've always had that? I think I've always been a chameleon, you know, like I have a lot of interests. I have a lot of thoughts and ideas and all sorts of stuff, you know, hobbies. And that's guided me to more than one type of friend group, you know, since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And so community is always present when when I'm just being myself. Mm-hmm. So I think the biggest advice I could give anybody would be to be your authentic self, you know, because you can go somewhere that you, that has something that you kind of like, like you, you know, you really like hockey, but you go into basketball games, hoping to meet a friend. And when you finally get to connect, maybe it's, it's not, not it's, the same. it's not the same. So you go to the hockey game, like those, those are your people, you know? So when you are really authentic about what you like and, and what you're interested in, who you are, it just happens. You know, the community starts to build itself because one friend can turn into 10, mm-hmm. you know, but it won't if that one friend isn't someone who you really connected with in the first place. Right. So the people you meet where you really, where you really want to be, those friends turn into, turn into 10 because they're all like that, mm-hmm. you know, and then it's part of what was from there. Like, that's how my life kind of laid out. It was right. being, being creative, being, you know, standing in that, being Haitian, being, you know, an anime nerd, being into fashion and all these kinds of things. Like, you having a conversation with someone who you thought was just in the fashion and they like anime too. And you're like, okay, well, uh, hold up. that's yeah. crazy, you know? And then, then they have a friend and they have a friend and that, you know, that creates friendship, that creates work, you know, and that, that creates community. I feel like a lot of people feel hindered by the fact that they don't have anyone to initially do it with, that they mm. can never establish a community in the first place because mm. they would have to do it alone. So what do you feel like that process was like for you to even get into moving and grooving within acknowledging these different aspects of yourself that you like with or without people. Mm-hmm. And it's tough to be in a space where you feel like you don't have anybody, uh, especially as an artist, because some of your first real big like pats on the backs and, you know, support systems come from your friends and you know, the people around you. So when you don't have that, that is hard. Um, and it can feel like you, you're just too different, you know? I think a lot of creative people have that mindset, like, I'm I'm unique. You yeah. know? Not in an arrogant way, but, like, I'm different. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to imagine ourselves with other people like us, but that is not true. You know, it's it, there's always someone else like you. Um, but, you know, we have a hard time expressing the things about us that make us unique because we're, you know, embarrassed or we're you know, not comfortable with people seeing us in that lens. But, you know, if you're not comfortable sharing that, then, you know, you can't expect the right people to show up. Yeah. So um, I think getting to that point took a variety of things for myself as far as, like, relationships and, you know, family things and really leaning into my hobbies. Like, before I started doing those things and I was just kind of haphazardly doing this, doing that, I did feel like I didn't have people who I really rock with. Ooh. So, but, you know, like I said, that's not true. Like there's always those people out there. But as I, as I figured out those individual facets of my life, it was easier for me to grow as a creative and pursue different concepts and go to new places and stuff like that. It's all kind of right. together. Ooh, but as you say that, like, what are your thoughts on like cutting people up that aren't serving you well? I, I do believe in that. I do believe in that because if they're not helping, most times they're hurting. You know, and so you got to get out from under that situation in order to 
be your better self. You know, you can only grow so much when someone's holding you back. And with a lot of folks, you know, we don't realize that in the moment. You know, hindsight is always twenty twenty. But you can get better at identifying those things um, and make that make that choice to push yourself forward. You know, you gotta let certain certain people go. Mm-hmm. Not everybody that's that's with you uh, is for you, and you know they don't have to stick around. So what do you feel like some of the things that you had to like overcome as you're like letting different people go that you really genuinely care about? Mm. Uh, I think letting people go is never easy, you know, even when it's justified. Um, So like I always found it tough when I had to move away from a friendship where I I really enjoyed the person's energy or they were a source of... um, of great support like they listened to certain things we had similar mindsets on whatever and i could share that that always felt like a huge loss so i'm like ah you know i love some somebody's mind i love their mind i love you know being able to to kick it interact so that's tough Um, but you can overcome that by you know just reinforcing that you don't need this person if there's going if it's going to come with this Mm. you know like okay they're a great listener they do this do that but they are combative and aggressive when they are listening you know you have to pair the the true negatives with the positives and then make a decision on whether or not they are should be allowed to stay but you know we can't just look at the look at the good moments and that's what often happens you you forget the negatives are back there because you miss the good stuff but mm. like, oh yeah she was getting loud though because i feel like a lot of the times when we're like reading or we're not reading the room when it comes to different people and maybe some of the flaws that they have it's like we're not seeing it because we want to make sure that this relationship works based off of old things that we've been through mm. like i'll use myself in, as an example like sometimes i'll be like a people pleaser <laughs> because you know when i was younger i felt like the only way for me to get things would be because I would please people. So in order for me to maintain people now, I have to people please. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like, what's like, I guess like, what's like an example that where you've kind of like identified something about yourself and you are now like, okay, like that I'm doing this because mm-hmm. of an old version of me. That the ability to, you know, self identify things like that is super important i've often found myself very a very reflective person thinking about you know what brought me to this feeling and that feeling but i recently had gotten a therapist who can also assist me in that as well so i would say that i'm a big advocate for therapy and getting someone who can who can support you beyond your friend group you know, because I think we all have things that we're, we're going through and, you know, something like, okay, I people please, but what does that really mean? Where does that come from? You know, these are things that you can, you can figure out to an extent, um, as you self-reflect, but, um, having someone on the back end who can, who can see that as well for you if you miss it or just help you work through that. Right. Right. Therapy is a black man. <laughs> yes yes i love that i think there's a lot of misconceptions about therapy in the black community and what it really does and means like you know you're crazy or like Mm. there's something wrong with you but there's just so much impact that goes behind therapy and like what it can do for your mind your body and your spirit Mm. do you feel like you received any pushback from 
your family or like your friends because you started going to therapy? Um, no, I haven't received any pushback, but you do, you, I mean, knowing what you know, as someone, you know, who knows about therapy, you can pretty much make the presumption that they feel a way, uh, not negatively, but like, let's say, you know, like, that's good that you're doing that. Mm-hmm. But I would, you mm-hmm. know, you, you feel that when you talk to certain people and it is because of that stigma of like, okay, if you go to therapy, you're not well. Or, you know, just not wanting to deal with those things because this person makes it real. Like, people who don't like going to the doctor, like, I'm fine, I feel fine. But you don't know that, you know, you just feel that. So, people do often keep their feelings close to the chest because they don't want to seem like they can't keep it all together. Right. Um, And there's a lot that goes into that. It could be left as simple as that, but it could also be, okay, it's because, you know, men feel like they have to support uh women in the home and all these other things as far as responsibility so that they feel like they can't acknowledge their emotions because either they don't have time or there's no place for it and who they're supposed to be in society right so it can get deep it can be shallow it could be deep um but those are my thoughts on that jesse that's that's so true i just think that the more that more as we expand into being more self-aware and being more emotionally present it's like you'll definitely receive that pushback from outside forces either deeming you you know right or wrong with what you're doing Mm -hmm. so i think that's that's serious i'm just kind of thinking more about that same kind of pushback also kind of connects with us as creatives and entrepreneurs and just kind of tying everything back together and how that could be something that could either allow us to thrive or to not thrive as a creative it's like important to be able to identify the things that are hindering us from a mental standpoint so we can just thrive in a creative standpoint you know what i mean because i think sometimes people use creativity as a way to escape without acknowledging the things that we're escaping from Mm. so have you ever like found yourself using your creativity to kind of escape from some of the things that you're overcoming from a you know a mental standpoint yeah so content for me has become a career a creative outlet a safety blanket you know so many things um it allows me to feel present you know in moments where your your mind and, and the stresses of your life and all these other things can can pull you out of that you know those things kind of make you feel a third person in my experience um and so being able to just pick up a camera and take a photo that is a great photo quality wise concept wise you know composition whatever just being able to pick up the camera and take that shot and look at it like that's a great moment you know that is like a little a little spike of serotonin like a uh a distraction from whatever else is going on and you know that ties back into like the passion of it like do you really love it you know, what does it really do for you when it comes to your creative path? You know, if you if you paint that painting when you're feeling sad, will you feel happier? Or will you still be sad, but that visualization of your sadness in a painting give you an anchor to, to keep you in the present of, I can move past this. Right. You know, so there there's a variety of ways to to use your passion to assist you you know, not as advice, but as a, as an outlet right. to facilitate your, your healing. So I feel like it's so interesting that you say that because I'm just like having a little reflectionary moment. I feel like 
something about me. So I moved down here a little bit less than a year ago. And, you know, one of my thoughts was like, I'm going to move down here and I'm going to tap so much into my creativity. I need to thrive as a creative. I need to thrive as a creative. And I also noticed as I was building more on my creativity and practicing more on my skills, um, I guess the amount of toxicity that kind of followed it, because it's like you are getting to a point where you need to thrive as a creative and you're also using the fact that you're creating as a way to kind of avoid the fact that life is here and right now and avoiding the fact that the future is also hindering us from experiencing the work that we're doing in real time that being said do you feel like there are some things that you need to meet within your career that will allow you to find that like abundant peace within yourself to know that like I've met this goal and now I can like be and relax so that you're not really feeling those vices and feeling those like pressures to be a creative. That is a super personal question super personal thing you know it's, it's the it's the why to to your journey you know the why to why you start and why you why you end it or where does it end I think I had a I had a moment in mind when I started it was when I opened the magazine for the first time and I saw these photos and these ads and I said I want to create something that looks like this how do I do that that's where the curiosity started that brought me to photography and creating content in the first place. So there was a time, I can't even tell you exactly when it was, but I took a photo and that photo looked like what it looked like in that magazine when I first started. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I'm here now. And when I felt that moment, I was like, this is what it was about. You know, this was, this is where I got off of the train I was on and felt that I really accomplished something i felt present i felt you know happy with with the art that i was creating at the, in that moment and at that time and then from there it was me trying to decide am i going to step on the next train to get to this next moment you know whatever that is at the beginning that i decided it's like now i want it to look like this now i want photography to to take me here right you know when it does that then i'll know i'm still on the right path and I get off onto the next train. And that's like how I feel about it. Like you have to have a moment in mind, a, a, a end goal, something that, you know, this is what you're here for mm. when it comes to your work. And I think that even goes to like manifestation too. Like in order to really manifest the life you want, you have to be able to see it before you do it. So like, why are you even doing it if you can't see it? You mm. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So do you feel like do you feel like once you get to a certain place though you feel like you can just like stop do you feel like once you hit a certain level of success like this is where i'm at i'm good here or do you feel like it's going to be a constant evolution of growth and growth and growth and growth you know it's, it's up to you um i know that photography is just part of my daily my daily routine is part of my everyday life, something I enjoy. So there'll never be a time where I'm not taking photos. But, you know, the, the moment that you set for your, your art and your career, 
doesn't have to be objective in the sense of it's something you get to like a hard um, goal, but it could be like as long as I can make a hundred dollars a day painting, doing photography, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And this is the only thing I need. You know, whatever that is, it can, yeah. it's up to you. Um, but personally, I feel that I'm just going to keep getting on the next train of where this photography thing takes me, no matter what level I'm doing it at. Like if I want to do it, I want to be a six figure earner or seven figure earner strictly from my art. And then I start another business in order to facilitate that. That's cool. But if I just go do marketing full time for a company or my own company and I do photography as a hobby, I'm cool as long as I'm still creating right. you know as long as i can still share that with people you'll always see it you know whether my job is marketing or i work at mcdonald's when you go to my instagram it's still gonna have my eye on it mm. because that's just how i see the yeah. world yeah and if you like <laughs> i'm like how you do that we got the same phone <laughs> <laughs> what but that's that's real that's real i love that i want to ask this one more question you were kind of talking about um like how you work with these different companies and these different brands and how marketing um has allowed you to kind of finesse your way and navigate through you know that realm so what do you feel like some things that you do to i guess put yourself in the forefront in front of these different companies and brands as people are like trying to get more involved in working for brands i would say you need to practice to be like the people that they're already using mm -hmm. you know like emulate the people who shoot for the folks that you want to shoot for mm -hmm. or emulate the you know ads that someone puts out on their particular brand because that's that's what you're essentially working towards you know even if you're going to be unique about it you're working towards that so when i knew i wanted to start shooting fashion and lifestyle stuff i was going to different fashion brands pages and be like okay this is what they like to shoot or I'd see something on a, on a page of unrelated, like this is what they could slash should shoot like. So let me blend those two things or just go a completely different direction and pitch that. But, you know, having the, having the concept or the theme in mind for what that collaboration looks like is a great start to figuring out how you work with brands. Right. You know, you, you can create what they have on there. And if you can do that, then you can start to tweak it. Right. Uh, but knowing what it is that you want out of it, I think is the biggest part of the creative process, that creative direction. Right, right. So even like when you're talking about pitching to different brands, do you feel like it's something that you have to, you have to seek out to them or do you feel like they seek out to you? In the beginning, I think you have to, unless you're just doing a really good job of showing what you're capable of and what your aesthetic is. Mm -hmm. You know, you go, you go to someone's page and you know what their niche is. It's mm -hmm. like, okay, she does food blogging and she does food blogging with pancakes and she draws pictures of the pancakes and she's a mom, you know, like you gotta be able to see what someone's about. So unless you're doing all that to a T, then I would say that you need to be reaching out to people like, Hey, this is, here's some photos I took, or this is my portfolio. I want to do stuff like what you want to do. Right. Let's work together. Right. You know, but, you know, you have to be able to pitch. You have to be able to pitch what it is that you can offer and, and what they can offer you. And once enough people have seen that that collaboration or the next one or all three or four that you did, then people source. start hitting yeah. you like, okay, I see that you do pancake pictures. We want to do pancake pictures. Well, that's yeah. what we do. How can we work together? Right. You know. Back to the community. Back to the community. Back to the community. Yeah. Nikon, <laughs> you are spitting facts today. I feel like, um, especially as a creative and someone that's slowly trying to get into this entrepreneurial life, I think 
confidence is key. And I think a lot of the things that you mentioned today has allowed me and I'm sure other people listening to tap a little bit more into how they can find that confidence within their creativity and seeing that a little bit more. So thank you for your words and your wisdom. Do you have anything coming up or any social media platforms that you'd like to share to the people so they know where to find you? Sure. Yeah, you can follow me at Nikon Poppy on Instagram, Twitter. It's pretty much only two I use. I'm sure there's other ones out there. It's Nikon Poppy on everything. Yeah, yes. Um, you can check out my portfolio directly at civilcreations.com. It's civil, like the rights, C-I-V-I-L. Nothing coming up concrete just yet. I've got a lot of things in mind, but um, these days I'm trying to take as much time to relax as I do work, you know, because it's important. You know, to relax and, and enjoy yourself, that helps spark my creativity. So I don't have anything set in the books as far as exhibitions or, or anything I'm putting together. But as soon as I think about it and it's planned out and ready to share, it'll be on the IG. Yes. And that, my friends, is Wilkie. Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate you. Talk to y'all later. That's it for today, y'all. Thank you so much for listening into today's episode. I'm grateful for you allowing us to be a voice in your ear. If you love the Redefine Your Roots podcast, be sure to leave us your feedback and a rating after this episode. You can keep up with this series at Redefine Your Roots on Instagram. For any information about this episode, you can follow along with the links provided in the description. Remember to subscribe so you never miss an opportunity to redefine your roots. And until next time... Be kind, be you, and be patient with yourself. I love you all.